and gentlemen, welcome back. Thank you, as always, for being here. Uh, of course, this is Eric. Of course, we are the Free Minds Podcast. And uh, again, thank you. I love you all. I appreciate your listenership. And um, so today, and from now on, uh, about three times a week, Jim Stroud and I, who, you know, listeners of the podcast will know who he is. He was a guest I had on a while back. Uh, we're going to be doing a kind of joint venture. This is the f- the inaugural episode. I think it went well. Um, we, we're going to do like a Red Pill series type thing, which we may still do at some point. I'm, I've actually been working on it, but uh, we haven't decided how we're going to lay that out all yet. And there's a bunch of details we need to iron out. So in the meantime, we're basically just going to be doing kind of a joint podcast. It's going to be a conversation. Um, I think we have great chemistry. I think we get along really well. And I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So uh, this is going to be a regular thing from now on. Um, I apologize to those of you that aren't crazy about the interview shows. I know sometimes the quality is not as good. And, you know, there's there's other reasons why people aren't crazy about it. But, you know. Um, this is just what we're going to be doing from now on for a while, and uh, I hope you guys enjoy. So without further ado, I give you one of the first of many episodes of the Free Minds Podcast with my new partner, Jim Stroud. Uh, thanks again, and I love you all. God bless. I hope you enjoy. So yeah, a lot of crazy stuff happening in the news today, sir. Uh, so much so much lunacy. I guess leftist lunacy is almost an oxymoron in this case. Accent on the word moron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be extra snarky. Um, what is some? What is something? Tell me something you saw in the news that just made you go, "Ah, oh, I can't believe it," or "I can believe it." But yeah. Um. So, James O'Keefe, as a lot of people who are are in kind of watch conservative media and follow what's really happening in the world, mm. uh, the founder of Project Veritas has been in litigation with the New York Times over defamation. Now, 99% of these cases get thrown out of court immediately because it's essentially almost impossible to prove intentional libel um, just because most media companies, they can just say, oh, we, we made a mistake. We weren't lying. You know, we were just wrong. And that's, that's how they traditionally avoid uh, you know, litigation being brought against them. James yeah. O'Keefe actually got past those those first motions and is able to actually continue with the case. This is one of the only times in history that a media company is actually actively being sued and has and 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 you know he's actually got his foot in the door. So this this was the most mind blowing story ever because so the FBI raided James O'Keefe's house, as a lot of people know. They took all of his phones, his laptops, his tablets, all of those things, which of course have private privileged communications with project veritas attorneys you know they have to they're constantly being like where's the line how far can we go what can we do to stay within the bounds of the law and still be journalists um so the fbi under the guise of you know their authority as this neutral arbiter of the law Hmm. decided to raid james o'keefe's home and then leak his private privileged communications with his attorney to the new york times who then in turn published those private privileged communications, which is, <laughs> it's hard to even comprehend the level of corruption that we're dealing with because James O'Keefe, um, I believe I heard him talking about it. He's like, I was, I was half dressed, you know, mm. he's, he's not, 
he wasn't expecting this at all. They, 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 they were about to battering ram his door down. They open up, he opens up the door, they put him in cuffs, they tell him to stand there. And because he's a, he believes in law and order and he believes in the system and he believes in going about everything, doing it the right way. He just, you know, he just stood there. He let them take all of his stuff. He was like, this is, this is due process. This is how it works. I don't like it, but I believe in the system. And then these, the Gestapo, because let's just call them what they are. Sure. They took under, under the guise of this neutral, you know, authority that they have. They took those documents and then leaked them not only to a, a journalistic organization, that's a very generous interpretation of what the New York Times is, but they not only leaked them, they leaked them to the exact organization who he's currently in litigation with. It is hard to think of a more profound breach of someone's constitutional rights than what we're seeing blatantly perpetrated by the FBI against James O'Keefe. It, I don't see how that's fucking the system. Yeah, I, I don't see how that's legal. I, I don't see how. I mean, I, I, I no morally is is reprehensible, but it's clearly no. It's not legal. But, it's not legal at all. But when the you know the FBI is only interested in protecting the party, and the, that means Joe Biden, that means his administration, um, and that's what they do. And it, it's funny because the left screamed for four years about Trump being a fascist, but he didn't attack journalists. Right. You know that never happened. He, he tweeted mean things about them, and they tried to claim <laughs> that was fascist. But it's very obviously not the case. And now we, we see that James O'Keefe's private privileged communications with his lawyer are now printed in the New York Times. And this whole article, it was disgusting. They're like, oh, right-wing conservative you know, media uh, uh, company, Project Veritas, you know, is in, uh, communicating with their lawyers to try to find out how far they can go and what they can do. And it's like, yeah, that's what you do when you're a journalist. You talk to your lawyers, you figure out what is allowable under the law, and then you go right to the line because that's what you do. And that's, that's business, what they that, all do. And that's business. Yeah, that's to your point. That's business as usual. I, I listened to a, a Tim Pool's podcast. And he was saying how when he worked for um, another outfit, I think it was NBC right. News or whatever he, he was working for. They said they did that commonplace. It was it was like you know every day every reporter does that when they're you know yeah. you, you talk to legal to make sure no one's gonna get in trouble. You're not crossing a line. It's just how they frame their stories. It's what's really disturbing to me about this, beyond the obvious, uh, or I guess the silver lining in this. I mean, maybe rephrase is that they can't. The question is going to come up. Okay, uh, New York Times, how did you get this privileged information? I mean, it's obvious that the FBI took it and gave it to them. There's, I mean, it's beyond obvious, yep. right? So, like less than 24 hours later, the story was printed. <laughs> that's like when they, that's like when the FBI raided Roger Stone's house, and he just happened to be outside his yep. house to film it. All that is so yep. coordinated. It's like you, you, you have to be blind yeah. and dumb not to see the coordination there. You know, it was and, political theater. Most definitely, most definitely, and I think it more than crossed the line. It, it obliterated the line, but so much yep. so that even people on the left. Uh, to some extent, are coming to Project Veritas's side of things. Let me read to you. Uh, this is a quote um, from, uh, gosh, what is from? Oh, from Town Hall, right? And so uh, in Town Hall, it says here is a quote from ACLU, which is the American Civil Liberties Union. Uh, definitely, they try to be, uh, <laughs> they try to be down the road, but they're very leftist. 
but they said, uh, right. quote, Project Veritas has engaged in this. Oh, goodness. That's the wrong quote. Um, okay. Uh, they're talking. Okay. Oh, yes, that's what it was. They were saying that they think that part of the reason why the FBI raided it was because of this alleged diary that made it into the hands of O'Keefe, right? A diary right. that O'Keefe said that he contacted the FBI to give it to them. So he wasn't right. trying to, he wasn't, he didn't steal anything. So it says here, uh, that diary uh, made into the hands of O'Keefe's organization, Project Veritas, which never published anything on the subject and eventually turned the documents over to the police. An ensuing uh, federal investigation resulted in the FBI raid on O'Keefe's home, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the politically fraught episode is shaping up as an early test of the vows from Biden and Attorney General Merrick Garland to show greater respect for the media and to back away from the confrontational, often hostile approach favored by the former President Trump and his administration. This is just beyond belief, said University of Minnesota law professor Joan Kirtley a former executive director of Reporters Committee for the Freedom of the Press. I'm not a big fan of Project Veritas, but this is just over the top. I hope they get a serious reprimand from the court because I think this is just wrong. A serious reprimand, okay, yeah. How a serious? reprimand, yeah. It's like a serious slap on the hand. I, I want to see people go to jail behind this. This is jailable right. offenses. To take people's stuff, their, their privileged conversation, and then publish it, and you can't say, oh, we didn't know it was privileged. You, you put it all in the paper. These people right. should, a lot of people should go to jail behind this. It's, it's insane. They're literally analyzing his communications with his lawyer. In an Anyone, ongoing, even in an ongoing lawyer, legal case. They know. <laughs> right. Even the, but even that aside, even aside mm. from the fact that they're actually in litigation with him, everyone knows that your communications with your lawyer are privileged. Yep. Right. So it's not like they could, they have any cover. It's so blatant. And of course, they don't care because they know we're the good guys, we're the Democrats, anything we do is allowable, and no, they're, they're beyond reproach. You can't sue them, you can't do it. I mean, he is suing them, but, but look how that's going for him now. <laughs> the machine just used its pretend neutral authority mm-hmm. to steal his documents and then give them to their preferred media outlet so they could publish it. It's hard to fathom a more profound violation of someone's first amendment right if they get away with this well if they if if they continue to get away with this it's it's totally over um i it it, it makes it the ramifications are chilling because if they can go in your house snatch your stuff and then print it and then rub it in your face and nothing happens to them who's it's going to be harder and harder for people to find the courage i think to stand up to this administration and publish the proof because they'll say well i can i have proof and i'm following the law and even though i'm following the law in every every case they're still going to come and get me and nothing will happen to them yeah it it, is very scary i have i have a lot of respect for project veritas because they do a lot of what i think is real journalism things the things they do i i saw on uh, 60 Minutes, I saw on, on other news stations back in the day when they were true journalists. <laughs> uh, so what Project yep. Veritas is doing is not a new thing. They're just doing it consistently. You know, one of the things, right. um, their stories they talked about recently um, was this whistleblower uh, from Pfizer. And um, I forget the, the whistleblower's name, but she, she appeared on Project Veritas's uh, video and she showed proof that uh, of these internal documents, internal emails that said, hey, don't talk about the fact 
that uh, we are using human fetal tissue from aborted children in developing these vaccines. That's right. And when I saw that report, my mouth just sort of hit the floor. And I said, man, that is, that is beyond wild. And they, of course, it went viral a little bit in Twitter and social media clamped down on it so the story didn't get out there. Uh, but I, sure. I was fascinated by it because I had heard other reports, uh, other um, hidden, hidden uh, camera journalism. It wasn't Project Veritas, but it was an outfit like them. And they had done did these undercover videos where people from Planned Parenthood were talking about how they wanted to uh, sell enough That's right. aborted uh, fetal tissue so that they can buy a car and do these, all these other crazy things. And so I, I remember being yep. so outraged by that. And then when I saw this, this video from Project Veritas, it brought to my mind, I thought to myself, you know what? I remember being outraged about how Planned Parenthood was making all this money selling uh, fetal tissue. And I thought, well, who are they selling it to? Because that really sort of made me thinking. So I started looking look around a little bit and I found out that they were selling, uh, potentially, I can't say for sure, uh, that the type of company that they would sell uh, human fetal tissue to is a company called Sonomics. I don't know if you, you've heard of them. Uh, they're not around anymore, but at the time of the controversy, uh, they were an American uh, biotech company. And they, they claim to have reversed engineered human taste and aroma receptors. Uh, these receptors are being called HEC, H-E-K-293. And so basically what it is, is they found a way through experimentation on the, on the human fetal tissue. Uh, they found a way to enhance the flavors of food. Now, sort of like salt accentuates the flavor of popcorn, you know, right. uh, by putting this HEC-293 inside of different products it enhances the, the flavors of it which was uh i thought was crazy right and it's <laughs> was that, that solid green <laughs> soiling green, green. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my god and when i was that looking this dystopian beyond when I, belief when i was looking this up the thing that's said, i said no that's that's crazy that's beyond Alex Jones conspiracy, yeah. which, you know, he's right, right. so many times is scary, but uh, I said, how could they, they would have to, this has to come out, right? And so what happened was that the same way salt accentuates the flavor of popcorn, uh, salt is not an ingredient of popcorn. So on the box, you can, you can put the, the ingredients as being corn or saturated fat or whatever, right? But you don't have to put that you put Sonomics in there uh, because it is a uh, artificial sweetener. So you put on the box artificial sweetener, <laughs> you don't put in Sonomics. And when this got out initially, this was around uh, 2016, 2015, 2016, somewhere in there, there was a big furor. I mean, they couldn't keep a lid on it too. It, it got out, right? And so their stock, their stock price plummeted. And Sonomics got picked up, got acquired uh, by this other company that makes um, perfumes and stuff, which makes me wonder what's in their perfume. But regardless, it makes that perfume smell <laughs> smellier. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh my god! Pretty much, pretty much. And uh, the, oh, oh yeah, here god. it is. The company is uh, Ferminic. Ferminic. They sold it in, in 2018. And uh, although that's just one example, there are other companies out there that experiment with human fetal tissue 
which is, you know, the, the clinical term, because I don't want to keep saying aborted babies, but they experimented with the, with the body parts to, uh, for medical research. And uh, mm-hmm. the Trump administration squashed all that. And they said, you know what, it's, it's illegal to experiment on, on human tissue. I mean, they get the exact yeah. wording, but it's illegal to do it. But the Biden administration came in and reversed it. And so, yeah. so when you have a market for human fetal tissue and people willing to buy it and Planned Parenthood is sitting on a lot of stock, so to speak, to be really, you know, right. uh, mean about it, uh, they're on a cash cow. And so I, I said, man, I know that I knew that Planned Parenthood so made disgusting. a lot of I know they made a lot of money because they they spend a lot of money lobbying. They spend millions of dollars uh, lobbying right. politicians. I looked it up, and in the year 2019 to 2020, they made a profit. This is after expenses, after expenses, after lobbying, paying lobbyists, all that kind of stuff. They made 94 million 300 thousand dollars in one year. Ninety-four oh, yeah. million dollars in one year. It's it's a lot of money. Yeah, in, and and, and it's not. Oh god. Yeah, and it's not <laughs> hard to to when when you know this, it's not hard to understand why abortion is so sacred to the left. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's one of the it's one of the pillars of their beliefs of of you know the death cult of the leftists, which is mm-hmm. destroy people, destroy their bodies, and destroy children. And they're not only, you know, if you can get people to willingly destroy their own children, what can't you get them to do, really? Mm-hmm. But then if you can also make millions of dollars off of the bodies of those dead children, then oh, that's just gravy, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. why not do it? The, the level of evil that we're dealing with here is truly incomprehensible. I, I, um, it's unfathomable. I did a research on this, too, uh, around Margaret Sanger and her, her mission to uh, eradicate oh, black life. If you look at, there's a map too that I found, um, a map of abortion clinics in the country. The majority of them oh, are they're in, all in black and in, brown neighborhoods. Black neighborhoods. Yeah, yep. for the most part. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And yeah, um, oh God, I don't want to, I don't remember the exact number, but it was something like, um, I'll say like 70% of abortions that Planned Parenthood does are black mother from black mothers. Sure. I don't know, I don't know if that's the exact statistic but it's some incredibly high number. Mm-hmm. And then you look at yeah, you look at where all of their clinics are and it's like yeah, they're all in inner cities and and it's all about just literally destroying black people, destroying black children in the womb. Mm-hmm. And somehow this is viewed as the moral choice or this is the like it's it it gets couched in all. Yeah, let's not get down the the abortion rabbit hole. <laughs> we could do a whole we could do a whole episode on that. Frankly, we may but have yeah, to. It is, yeah, yeah, I know it's truly inconceivable the kind of evil that we're dealing with, and then how this evil is is legislated into law. It's 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 become part of the culture. It's become holy to 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 the left, you know, and. It, it, it makes me dollars, it makes me off of selling dead children. It makes me wonder when you devalue life like that. It makes me wonder what's what's going to happen next. I mean, is it going to be a point where they say, "Well, you're too old, and you're not really contributing to society because you're old," so we got to start killing off grandma and grandpa? Um, there was this uh, sci-fi show back in the day called um, uh, Ryan's Run, 
Logan's Run. Called Logan's Run. I don't know if you remember this. It was it's, it's a, it was from the I remember watching as a kid. It's from the seventies. So it was it was a movie actually. It became a short lived TV series. So the basic premise of the show was that the the elite told the population uh, that reincarnation is real. They were able to prove that reincarnation was real. So when you get to a certain age, uh, and we have to kill you because the population, the earth can't, can, doesn't have enough resources. Sound familiar? The earth doesn't have enough resources right. to maintain the population. So we have to start killing off older people. So don't, but don't worry about if we have to kill you off because we prove reincarnation is real. So uh, we want you to get into these fancy silver pods and then we're going to gash you and you, your body be gone, but you're going to reincarnate into one of these children or something like that. And so uh, at one point it was that people at 60, then over time it got down to 30, right? And uh, they kept saying we, the world just can't sustain the life. And so when you get 30, they, they, they give you a big parade and say, yay, you're going to contribute to the world by you know giving your body up so everybody else can live, something like that. But then there are some people yeah. who say, screw that. <laughs> and they start running. And so Logan was one of the people who was in charge of chasing people who ran, who ran, who ran away from the reincarnation thing, reincarnation chamber. Uh, okay. And then he was like, yeah, yeah, we, we got to do this for the environment. got to do this for the world. And then he started to turn and he was, then he turned 29 and his birthday was coming. Right. Up. He was like, uh, maybe this isn't such a good idea anymore. Right. Yeah. It's always different when it's the other guy. <laughs> yeah. So all that to say, it makes me wonder where we're going to, if we devalue life on one end, eventually we're going to, you know, look at other populations we can reduce for the good of the world yeah. is, is really, it's really scary. I think. Yeah. There's a, if you, if you look at a lot of the arguments um, in favor of abortion, you know, you just extrapolate that like people say, you know, oh, well, this this child might not have a good life because it's a it's, it's going to be born to a single mother. And it's like, OK, well, should we kill handicapped people and homeless people and old people, too, because they might not have a, what, what you consider to be a good life? Like if that's the line where we kill people, then we have a lot of people to kill. Oh, don't, give like, don't, don't give me any yeah, ideas. It is ridiculous. That's what I'm trying to point out to you. But they, there's just this cognitive dissonance where they don't understand. There's this. Um, yeah. It, let, let me oh let me God. say this before we switch topic. This is gonna, this is gonna be really depressing. But there was an article, and I'll, I'll link to this in the podcast description for those who are curious. Well, there's a um, an article that was printed in 1989 by the LA Times, and they were talking about just then about the potential of of how uh, human fetal tissue being used in research could make it a, a marketplace on life, so to speak. I forget exactly how, how they how they did it. But one of the ideas they had about what it could turn into was that what if uh, you could say the experimentation on human fetal tissue helps us find cures for diseases and whatnot. So you're going to abort your kid anyway why don't you uh, come over here, abort your kid, and we'll pay you because think of it, your, your abortion could save a life. <laughs> and I thought, that sounds so bizarre. Um, I wonder right. why it hadn't happened yet, but it's, it's bizarre enough to where I think it might happen, where they might try to sell, sell people on the thing of, you know, your aborted child could save a life. I'm like, so you're going to kill one life for the potential of saving some other life. It's kind yeah. of beyond ironic, but 
that's something yeah. that uh, they talked about back in 1989. I don't know if it would ever happen. Hopefully it won't, but is 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 I mean, I think that happens now. I think that's part of I think that's part of the sale of on abortion now. You know, they're like, well, you know, you're not in a financial place, you know, to have a child and all of this. And then they um, you know, they sell you on the and and think of all the research that we could do. Cause I mean, like you mm. did like you were talking about, Planned Parenthood actually does sell those body parts to companies that do research. It's not it's not much of a stretch to think that they would weave that into their pitch somehow. You know what I mean? It's it's actually yeah. a really not a stretch at all. I think for that kind of strategy to go on, though, to, to really prosper, they would have to start paying people out of pocket. And you know, they get a ton of money from the government. Um, so they, and they're making yeah. 94 million a year. So they might not want to mess with their profit too much. But then again, they, they can do the numbers and say, hey, we start paying people so much money uh, that have an abortion, then we can still make so much money in profit each year. Then the question comes, well, how much do we pay people? Uh, how, which it's another whole nother can of worms. How much money is your child's life worth to you? Exactly. Exactly. Ooh, ooh, let's switch topics. This is depressing. Yeah, let's move on. This is dark. <laughs> this is so dark. So dark. Uh yeah. What do you what do you got? What do you got next? Is it me? Is it me? Am I next? I think you're next. What 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 else do you have on your list? Um we talk- I kind of want to cover Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, please do. I, I mean so so closing statements are happening as we're doing this podcast right now. Yep. And um, one of the biggest travesties of justice took place last week. So the prosecution essentially was able to admit as evidence a photograph that was essentially a computer-generated image. Mm-hmm. So... It, they they took this picture that was allegedly a picture of Kyle Rittenhouse pointing his gun at someone. Um, now it, the picture itself on its face doesn't make any sense because everyone there's there's literally maybe an hour of video strung together of Kyle that night. He had his his med kit on one shoulder and he had his rifle strapped on the other shoulder. So the the picture in question would have required him to have switched those, had to taken off his gun, switched arms, and then be using his using it as a lefty when he's not a lefty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean that right there on its face doesn't make any sense. But so the the main issue with the picture is that it was blown up, and in and in blowing up the picture, whatever p- computer program you're using, essentially guesses. So it, it has to add pixels to the image because you're zooming in. You're you're so you're essentially creating a new image, mm-hmm. and it has to add pixels. It has to add details, and it's essentially estimating what to add. And the process, uh, the defense didn't understand how to explain to the judge why this evidence should be inadmissible, and the prosecutor was like, "Your Honor." He's trying to manipulate you to because you don't understand the technology behind it. And the prosecution got this computer-generated image that is not of the night in question admitted into evidence. Wow. So it's, so it's, not, it's so, not a picture of what actually happened. It's a picture of what a computer imagined what happened. Right. It took, it, they took an actual image from that night. Mm. And then when you zoom in and blow it up, 
the computer program adds pixels, so it changes the image to try to guess what is in the undefined areas. So the the defense said, Your Honor, uh, you know the the computer programs use computer generate or AI generated logarithms to to create the picture, and he just didn't know what he was talking about. He didn't know how to explain what he was trying to say because he wasn't tech savvy enough. Mm. He was essentially correct in what he was saying. He just said it in a way that was technically wrong. Um, so all of the damning uh, testimony that we've heard that essentially proves that the state doesn't have a case. All of this evidence, all of, all of this that we've heard is essentially being put in jeopardy by the fact that the prosecution threw a wild Hail Mary and they mm-hmm. they gambled that the judge wouldn't be tech savvy enough to understand what they were introducing into evidence. And that's exactly what happened. So now the whole thing is uh, provocation. Well, maybe he Kyle provoked those people into attacking him by pointing the gun at him. So they're trying to undermine everything we've heard, all the testimony we've heard, all the video evidence. They're trying to undermine all of that with a fake computer-generated image. A single frame, mind you. A single frame. A -hmm. single computer-generated image is about to put this kid in jail for life. This is, I, this, this is what happens when you, it, when you inject politics into the legal system, because I think this case is really about the Second Amendment. I think they're coming for the Second Amendment in turn and using this case as an excuse. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's all, what I mean, they've always been coming after the Second Amendment. I think that's what this is all about. That's why they're doing all they can to find this kid uh, wrong, uh, uh, guilty. Uh, I was watching some of this earlier, and from what I can tell, and I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer, but from what I've heard and seen so far, he has not broken Wisconsin law uh, in in bringing and carrying no. the gun, and he didn't cross he didn't so, cross state line. I mean, a lot of things that's being alleged right. of him in the media is just it's not just the fake case. News. Right? Yeah, I got in an argument last night on Facebook with some people, and they were all. It's literally they're literally just programmed by the media to just repeat whatever. Yeah. They're like mm-hmm. he crossed state lines and he tried to and he murdered black protesters and, and like a if he crossed state lines with a weapon, please explain to me why Dominic Black is under indictment for supplying him with the gun when he got to Kenosha. Apparently, you have more information than the prosecutor. You better get over there and let him know right away, <laughs> or you're an idiot who's repeating fake news. And you have no clue what you're talking about. Um, also, he only and I, and I broke down exactly. He shot this person, a five-time convicted pedophile, jo- I believe it's Joseph Rosenbaum, yeah. uh, who Tucker Carlson put it ever, uh, just in the most boss way possible. He said he died as he lived trying to put his hands on an unwilling minor. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that was a good burn. <laughs> Tucker Carlson, Jesus God, he is a savage. Um, and another guy who, so Gage Grosskreutz, a felon who had an unregistered firearm who he pointed which which he pointed at Kyle's head he then shot that person and then the third guy he shot was someone who was trying to rip his gun out of his hands yeah yeah so you know and and, and it's just yeah the the media just went full blown psychotic propaganda he went there to murder protesters like a rioters 
uh, you know, B, he went there. He was, there's literally videos of him scrubbing graffiti off of the high school because a bunch of, you know, BLM douchebags decided to spray paint up a building. Mm-hmm. And it, there's videos of him rendering aid to people that were injured all night long. So to try to say, oh, this 17-year-old vigilante just wanted to execute protesters, it, it's just all psychotic nonsense, fake news propaganda. But of course, these people just believe whatever they're told. And that's kind of the linchpin of it all. Is like yeah. anyone who doesn't trust the media and the government, white supremacists. They don't even need to think about it. There's no more. There's no more further thought required. You repeat what CNN tells you, and then you're one of the good people, and that's it. That's that's and, why. Um, that's why I, I have laid out the evidence. Yeah, I'll say that's why I have more disdain for the media than than the people who who parrot it because they just don't know any better. Right. No. Yeah. It's. I think the real divide in this country is not left and right. The real divide is people that can see through the bullshit of the media and people that can't. Right. That's really what it is. Right. There's people who just believe what they're told, and then there's people who do independent research and verify things and actually care about the truth. That's not liberals. I'm sorry. There's there's people with the facts, and then there's liberals. That's the real problem. And you know what's interesting, too, about that is that you can present facts to people and, get, and show them you know, where your research came from, and they'll, and they'll double down on what they've heard. Because in their thinking, well, if it was true, I would I would have seen it on ABC News, or I would have seen it on right. MSNBC. I'm smart. <laughs> I would have heard about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's- yeah. Well, this I think part of it is that they, you know, their political opinion uh, has sort of become who they are on a certain level. True. And then when you're when you're disproving, you know, something that they believe in their soul, you're actually you're 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 kind of attacking them as a person because they are emotionally invested in these opinions. They are, they have taken it into themselves. They have, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. they can't just say, Oh yeah, I was wrong about that because then they're saying that they're wrong. Like as a person, it's so deeply ingrained in them. And it's really sad because that kind of tribalism, it can't do anything good. There is nothing good that can come from that. No. And and one, the true way someone can test, get themselves a self-test, uh, imagine they're a sports fan and their and their favorite team lost to some rival, right? Are you mm-hmm. losing sleep over it? You're like, oh, okay. You talk a little trash and then you go on with your life, okay? Then you're not in a sports cult because you can just talk about it. You can segment into one little part of your life and you go on about your merry way. You're not been out of shape. Right. Uh, but if your team loses and you decide to burn down a building and throw rocks through windows and everything like that. Okay. Now you're part of a cult because you're just taking it just too far. I think some people, it's your point have made, made it their own identity. You know, I think that's right. I've read somewhere that the number of Americans who belong to a church or who, who call themselves religious is dwindling a bit more is dwindling. And I think what's replacing it is politics. I think politics has become a religion to a lot of people. They have their, their deities, their patron saints that they protect at all costs, you know, and and if you're not uh, in their cult, you're a heretic. Yeah. 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 No, I think you're absolutely right. Um, It's, it has replaced religion because religion is anathema to the left. But the thing is in, in, in their religion, there is no redemption. There is no forgiveness. There is no, 
You know what I mean? Once you, you make a mistake once, like there was that, that Netflix executive who was talking about why people shouldn't be allowed to say the N word on, on certain shows, mm-hmm. but he actually said the word and they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And then he got fired. He's like, no dude, I'm explaining to you what we shouldn't be talking about. Or, you know what I mean? And it's like, you, there's no context in which you can say a certain thing. And they're like, Ooh, we got him. We got you. It doesn't even matter if you're one of them, if you're on their side, the second you say a word, oh, we got one. There he is. We can screw his whole life up. We can we can get him fired from his job. We can get him banned from the internet. We can do all this. They instantly turn on each other. Even Barack Obama called it a circular firing squad, which yeah. is exactly what it is. Yeah, I, it makes me it's a religion with no redemption. It makes me sort of wonder. Well, it sort of puts in my mind how things may have been during the Salem witch trials. When you you, you read history, how they say, oh, she's a witch, and then they're killing people. Yeah. You know, and you're like, well, how how could that really happen? They must have been crazy, you know, or you look at World I, War II. I think II. I read somewhere it was like er, ergot poisoning. Ergot poisoning? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, those. Um, there was something about, I read this article a long time ago, it was talking about the Salem witch trials, and it was like, there was some kind of mold that was growing on the food they were eating, and it was causing people to hallucinate, and they were seeing images that made them think that people were witches, but they were actually just out of their mind on hallucinogenic mold that they didn't realize they were eating. Oh, wow. And that's actually what, ha- that's actually what started the Salem witch trials. That is bizarre. I have not um, heard that before. I'm going to yeah. look that up. That is crazy. But it also makes me think in addition to the Salem witch trial, you look at uh, Nazi Germany and you say, how do people put up with all of the, uh, the all the persecution of Jews, you know, you, you're taking them over to concentration camps and you're killing them and you, and you do all these different bizarre things they did when they were killing them off. And you think, well, how do people just let that happen? And we're sort of getting a glimpse of it now with this, uh, with the politics is, is really unnerving. Uh, Ironically, uh, one of the ways that Hitler turned he, or one of the ways that Hitler tried to turn people against the Jews was saying that they were spreading typhus. You know, they were diseased. Mm. We have to, we have to stop them. We have to cull them. And it's not terribly dissimilar from what we're seeing now with the whole, it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And we have sure. to, and there's this whole social pressure to try to, to demonize people that want to have autonomy over their own bodies. who think either, you know, I already had COVID and I have 13 times the immunity that a vaccinated person has or, I have maybe a, a an autoimmune disease that I, I just you you cannot get this vaccine. Your sure. doctor told you not to. You know what I mean? There's it it's this demonization of anyone that dares to stand against you that is so dangerous. And that's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany. That's exactly what happened in 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 Mao's Great Leap Forward. That's that's what we always see is a demonization of those that dare to stand against the state, essentially. And one of the ways they do it is by saying that they're diseased and they're spreading disease and we have to stop them. It's disgusting. And one thing you can expect is no apologies. Uh, To get back slightly to Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, people have pointed out that uh, that Biden used Kyle Rittenhouse in a uh, political ad. And he was talking about how uh, he was a white, he lumped him in, he was campaigning against Trump and he said Trump was a white supremacist. And and part of his propaganda and his political ad, he showed different Klan members and he also showed Kyle Rittenhouse and Kenosha, pretty much saying that he was a white supremacist along the same line that the Klan and other people. So people, some right. so I've seen some chatter on Twitter 
asking, gee, President Biden, I wonder when you're going to apologize, <clears throat> apologize for calling him a white supremacist. Yeah, but, you know, we're not going to see that. I would be well, I would be absolutely shocked if if no, yeah, that'll never happen. Now, even when they exonerate him, which I believe they will, he'll come out as not guilty. It, all things be wonderful. Although I am sort of bracing myself because there have been reports about people filming the jurors, yeah. uh, you know, taking pictures of them, and uh, and then George Floyd's nephew, ironically. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I I I want to hope that the, the jury is brave enough to do the right thing and judge him based on the law and based on the circumstances yeah. and not give into the pressure, the very real pressure of another That's exactly right. BLM right. Because yeah, I mean there in reality it kind of comes down to do you have do you have what it takes character wise to stand up and put yourself on the line for this kid? If you're one of those jurors you know what the left is going to do. I mean, mm-hmm. even if even if you're a liberal, like you must understand they will burn your city to the ground. They do not care. Like right. they will dox you. They will show up at your house. They will harass you. They will threaten your family. And on some level, who, you know, it it takes someone with real character and real principles to stand up and say, "No, I'm going to stand up. I'm going to say the truth." There are four lights and I don't care, <laughs> but you know, I, 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 yeah, I really hope that the jurors have the, you know, intestinal fortitude to do what is actually right in this case. But yeah. when it comes to protecting your kids, when it comes to protecting your family, I think that's a way that you can really get to people. You can threaten them through that Avenue and, uh, it works. And I, I really, as, as much as I'm, I'm confident that the defense made a, a fairly good case for Kyle. I also know that it doesn't really matter. I mean, George Floyd had a three times lethal dose of fentanyl in his system and somehow Chauvin still got convicted. So it's like science doesn't matter anymore. Facts don't actually matter. It's what the mob wants. The mob gets. Yeah. Him saying he couldn't breathe while he was in a police car before. I mean, well before. Right. While he was chewing a speed, while he ate half a speedball in the back of the cop car. Yeah. Yeah. But that's stuff you don't hear in the news. Uh, at least not in no, the mainstream, not. not in the mainstream media news. Though. Right, it's crazy. This this time has flown by. Um, heck, if someone wanted to uh, connect with you offline, or, or rather online, what are some ways they they can get with you? And I'll I'll mention ways they can get with me. So, what's your website? Um, so, I have a, there's a podcast, um, the Free Minds Podcast Community on Facebook, is a group where I. I go, I post episodes and we talk and chat about stuff. There's the free minds podcast nexus on gab.com, which I started, which um, is essentially the same thing, but it's less censorship obviously because gab is superior to Facebook. So, you know, I share episodes there and talk with members um, free minds podcast on Twitter with no I in minds because I didn't realize it was too many letters <laughs> and um, <laughs> you can follow the podcast on you know, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all the all the all the big platforms. Cool, cool. And for me, uh, I'll just keep it simple. Go to jimstroud.com and you'll see all my stuff there. Good nice. times, sir. Let's uh, let's do this again uh, on a regular basis. Yes, let's indeed do that. Absolutely. 
Yeah, we, I got a bunch of stuff we didn't get to cover today, so we can do it tomorrow. Cool It'll beans. Be great. Cool beans. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All Have right. a good one.